poesía. Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, and I'm joined by... Emma Phillips. And Coach Kiwi coming to you from the land of the Bunurong, Boonwurrung, and the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation. And that's the show. Thank you. <laughs> and Nat Morgan. <laughs> I'm not in Sydney. I'm coming to you from a view way down south. Indeed. Nice to have you, Kiwi. Thanks. Nice to be a part of the crew tonight. Great. Okay. In this week's show, we are going to talk about the ladder changes from round seven. Uh, we're going to share our highlights and talk about the implications for the finals from those ladder changes. We'll have Hot in the Huddle, which will include the tipping comp. Um, and I, th- I actually have a message for you, Nat, from, from Melbourne. Remind me about that, Kiwi. Uh, they, they want some advice, do they? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, no, not so much. But first of all, I want to acknowledge the March for Justice that uh, took place around the country Today started in Perth yesterday, um, and of course Canberra was the main focus of of the march. But there were satellite marches around the nation. Em um, was at the the Sydney march. Em, are you feeling um, pleased that you weren't shot by our government? Um, our prime minister said that um, marches in other countries nearby are met by bullets and so we should just be happy that we have the privilege of protesting against rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment and not being shot. Uh, Give us your thoughts. Yes, look, ever so grateful that uh, we weren't shot and ever so grateful that our Prime Minister, that our Prime Minister's best effort was to come out with that today. So he wouldn't come out and meet anybody and that was his offering. So uh, even more reason, I think, to gather as a great mass of women and speak up. So, yeah, look, it was fantastic. Um, Always very difficult, of course, to guess at numbers, but I heard reports of around 10,000. It was really big. I've been to several now in Sydney, and that was probably one of the biggest I've been at. Um, Plenty of noise, women, and plenty of men too, but obviously lots of women across all kinds of ages, Um, lots of kids hanging around as well. Plenty of people I think took the day off school, which was good to see. I loved the signage that was going around too. One of my favourites was just, you know, I'm here with her and pointing arrows pointing in all kinds of directions. Um, what else did I see? There was uh, another good one that was, uh, if you don't know why we are marching, go ask Jenny, also one of my faves. <laughs> and probably, probably a number I can't read out on air. Um, mm-hmm. But look, you know, great feeling. It was a very peaceful protest. Um, plenty of, you know, those great feelings of solidarity when women come together for these times. And of course, the old thing of was, why are we still here? This is this. There were lots of women discussing marching like this in the seventies with the same kinds of signage, the same kinds of protest anthems. Here we are still 50 years later, you know, or many, many decades and centuries later, really. But those kinds of marches looked just the same as they were in the seventies. So, you know, that's pretty disheartening. Um, but we can only hope, I suppose, that the message is beginning to get through. What was the vibe? And was it um, anger or emotional? Were you teary or was it passionate or what what was going on with the crowd? Uh, I would say 
some sort of combination of uh, anger and passion. It really was pretty fiery. I say it was peaceful, certainly was peaceful from my perspective, from what I saw. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of anger, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of vitriol really that was shouted out. But there was always, there was that lovely sense of togetherness, I think, that brings kind of a an odd joy in that sort of situation because you're in this together. So there was a passion and a rage, no question, but a joy amongst women being together too. It's a solidarity, isn't it? Yeah, yep, that's the word. Hmm. Kiwi? So, so as you say, we've been doing this since the 70s or 60s or forever. And it's, my question is, does, does Morrison, because I'm fresh off the field, so I've missed the news, but does he really feel that threatened by women standing shoulder to shoulder for something that we shouldn't have to actually protest for, that he's considering bringing weaponry into it like I understand we're coming at them on all levels of sporting fields now with you know the soccer the baseball the Aussie rules everything but he is he really that afraid that he's now talking about guns that's just look no what he's saying is isn't it fantastic that we're allowed to protest here in this wonderful country of ours aren't we so lucky other countries you could be shot for protesting but not here not in the country that I run I'm such a great guy. I'm letting you do this. That was his theory, I think. And so it just doesn't come out great out of his mouth. And I'm not sure what his advisors did or thought at that very moment, but I'm sure someone was trying to pull the plug out of that microphone. So, I think uh, some of these clangers that come out of these commentators as well as politicians. Did I he just not think- even consider for a minute, like, why do we have to go to these means and march mm-hmm. in the streets? Well, look, they've had they've had the report sitting on their desk for fourteen months, I think it is now, into you know incidents of sexual assault, yeah. and they haven't opened it. So mm. that tells you everything wow. you need to know about where Do they. Do you know why? Because Scott and Jenny were too busy watching the Meghan Markle and the Harry <laughs> uh, documentary, <laughs> and right. and they were a bit upset thought... for Harry because they've met them, and he was upset he'd had a hard time. So he had two hours to watch the documentary, but not ten minutes to read a couple of pages of vital information. Plus, about... plus he had that holiday in Hawaii. And the Sharkies were probably playing. Yeah. Oh, we're actually. Yeah. Dare I mention that code? How good's a footy? How good's not being shot? Indeed. Was what yeah. some people on Twitter said. Um, so um, I think what, what is brought to bear is is that there are some very privileged conversations around privileged dining tables and coffee tables. And they think, that, and they're in their, their echo chamber, they're in these bubbles and and these things, these phrases are said and they think, that's a really good point. I'm going to use that. And out in the real world, it just shows how completely out of touch people are. And I bet he didn't even watch any AFLW this weekend, which brings me to... He's missing great games. How do you like that for a segue? Um, Let's talk about highlights. And I am going to start by talking about the Giants game at RSEA Park. You know why I couldn't say it? Because I was shivering like that You've the whole drinking. time. I was, arr, 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 arr. I you was could, there. No, you couldn't get a drink. It, your glass would no, have wasn't drinking. No. rain before you got to sip it. It was, so it was sideways that, it was really that cold down there, sheet hey? rain. It was it, just It absolutely balling. poured the whole, And there's no the shelter. No shelter. None. <laughs> you know how they always say Melbournians bring the rain to Sydney? You know that classic old, oh, you brought the rain with you. I think it's actually the Giants taking the rain to Victoria because they have by far and away played in the most number of rainy games. 
That's crowded yeah. house song, isn't it? Everywhere yeah. you go, always <laughs> take, take the weather, weather with, with you. That's well, it. Well, anyway, That's I have enjoying. a couple of songs I want to sing to you. One chorus, Daunton. There's only There's one only chorus, Daunton. <laughs> and one privatelli. There's only one privatelli. We met up with Deb Watson down uh, down at the game and um, she and I were having a hilarious time singing that every time a goal was kicked. It's almost well, there were easier few when there's two, two of them. you. <laughs> that's, that's the um, only way you could keep warm in the rain. But it was just like, it was like the worst possible conditions to play a, a match in and the Giants stepped up and just brought their full selves to it. It was so exciting to watch. Of course, it was very frustrating. The most frustrating part for me was when Tani Evans didn't look in the V. She didn't look in the V. Isn't that the golden Kiwi rule? Kiwi was there saying, swivel, swivel. And I'm saying, We've look living in by that rule for the years. V. <laughs> <laughs> He's only young. Um, but right. I'm moving on from well, that double entendre. So, so just, just the, the like chess like... marks, they were, there was um, – of course, all of the challenges from from wet weather, but it was it was impressive play at times, and marks were held that often are not held in perfect weather. So, go figure. What happened in the um, second quarter? Because the Giants kicked four goals straight in the first. Uh, was there a wind towards one end of the ground, or was it pretty pretty solid? Because they didn't score at all in the second quarter, and St Kilda kicked two goals six. So, I was guessing there was a breeze. Yeah. Yep. A breeze. Not just the a breeze. The rain was sideways. <laughs> the rain was yes. sideways. Uh, they didn't kick into the rain, no. <laughs> now, Cora surprised everyone by kicking a goal at the, the non-wind end. <laughs> um, was that the one wasn't that one on the, on, ground? on the ground? Yes, it was. Yep. That's yep. the only yeah. way to kick into the That was the only way. That was the only one. I think that wasn't that the only point at all scored at that, scored end. At that end. It was just yeah. Yeah, one-sided. Probably. Down the end that we weren't at, which was very irritating. But anyway. Yeah, so that, that can... field's pretty well known for um, the wind coming from one direction. It, it can get quite windy. Hmm. Why didn't Hanine have a long sleeve jumper on? This was her perfect opportunity. <laughs> what was that about? She still had a great game, but how much better would she have been if she had long sleeves? <laughs> Madness. Exactly. There's a bunch in St Kilda who wear long sleeves. There's three of them. So, um, yeah, step it up. You know, the, you know, the AFLW players have been calling for a little more intense scrutiny from media of the game, like much more critical scrutiny, and we've extended it to long sleeves and not wearing long sleeves. <laughs> and not looking at really Calling it how it is on the coat hanger. Hard questions here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very good so indeed. So that was the Giants game. Not content with being completely frozen stiff from being rained on, we, and on a Saturday evening, when most people who who had a brain in their heads would go home and have a hot shower. Oh, no, we went out to Casey Fields. <laughs> that is dedication. Mm. Saturday night in Casey, woo. Yeah. So that was... Um, that was a big surprise. I I, I tipped uh, Adelaide, as many did, and uh, no, the D's got one over them. Clearly the better side all game, weren't they? Yeah. Big yeah. surprise. I didn't think Melbourne were going to win a game. They had, they've had they got, I think, Adelaide, Brisbane and Frio, their last three games, and I swore they wouldn't win any, so who am I now? What were you saying? Just going to say, what a great what a great win. I mean, obviously a great win for Melbourne, but how much that opens up the premiership race now. It's made the, the ladder interesting, but it's also, there are the premiership could go to one of six teams. It's very hard to split it at this point, and that's going to make for a pretty fantastic final series. Yeah. Well, Mick Stanier, the coach of Melbourne, reckons, who's actually is my second cousin, just claiming him now they're on a winning streak. Second cousin um, Mick. 
Yes, he um he said it was probably the best twin in the in the five seasons. He said um, from the beginning, the physicality from the beginning. He said uh, the dedication was probably the best twin he reckons the clubs had. So they're on a bit of a roll at the moment, Melbourne. Mm. And well, the right, I, they've found form. Yeah, I do want right to make a criticism of one Erin Phillips because there were a couple of times when she seriously could have passed to a friend. <laughs> there were teammates in a better position to, to have a shot on goal, but she was going for it herself, cost them the goal. I think, I think um, I don't even know if there was a behind. She didn't score a goal at all in the no. match. And, uh, and then, I mean, I heard a couple of people saying, well, when she doesn't score, the, the Adelaide doesn't score. And so, you know, they, if she doesn't fire, they don't fire. So, I don't know, maybe she was doing it for the team. It'll look oh, like it from where I was standing. Fee, <laughs> you're in very difficult territory here. I think that the footy gods will strike you down for criticising Erin Phillips. <laughs> I know. I'm taking that on board, but I'm just, I'm just giving the players what they said they wanted, which is more criticism. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Em, you was, you had pointed out earlier on um, how well Hanks is going this season. Like, picked up twenty five possessions in that match. Yep, yep. Look, I think Melbourne people will tell you they've known about that for quite a while. But you know, we get caught up in the Phillipses of the world, of course, or you know, Ali Blackburn or Jazz Garner. But she has just come storming through. So. You know, I, I think she's in line for their best and fairest, and is going to be significant player come finals time. She's yeah, doubled her average possessions. Like tw- she had twenty five on Saturday, averaging twenty point one or so, seven this year, up from about ten last mm. year. So she's really lifted a game, and that's what makes a better side, isn't it? Not just your stars playing well, that everyone's lifted and doing their part. So yeah, yeah. and yeah, Lauren Pierce too- and the rucks. Wasn't wasn't a best game, but she's really lifted. She's having a great season too. Mm, Go Kiwi. Yeah. Um, add to that is um, Sinead Goldrick. Um, yeah. Now that you know she's had a couple of seasons under her belt, she was phenomenal. Her just her speed to track back and then lay tackles and then and then when force a turnover and then carry the ball forward, she was just outstanding. Um, but yeah, I think Loz Pierce is. Um, even though it seemed like she had a quiet game, I think she's probably the best ruck in the comp this year. She's just consistently able to take marks, kick goals, go forward, come back. She's um, great below her knees, which is hard to do for a ruck. But, um, yeah, I think I think they've got um, an outstanding ruck there working with them. And Daisy Pierce, they put her back at – they had her at full forward pretty much the whole game. And clearly someone as amazing as she is, they didn't rely on her further up the field to um, carry the ball down. So, mm. Well, they've got um, that luxury, yeah, haven't they, with such a midfield yeah. that they've got now? Mm. And I guess a team like Adelaide, that's pretty amazing. And uh, look, in breaking news, uh, the only reason North Melbourne won was because the umpires were biased against them, apparently. At least that's what Sue Alberti said. <laughs> this wasn't in the oh, script, Fee. You can't land this one on me without <laughs> telling me beforehand. I was a bit surprised. Oh, you know, I've seen this from Bulldogs a few times when they lose. It is never their fault for dropping marks or missing tackles. It is always the umpire's fault. Mm. It's not good. Mm. Going to leave that sure one alone. Loses. Now, now the other the other match we were going to leave alone, but I think we do at least need to mention Kiwi, is uh, Carlton uh, versus Frio. We were sitting amongst we – were, we were met up with Georgina Hibbard. It was great to, to catch up with her. And so we were sitting – um, as neutrals, she and I. I don't know. I don't know if you're technically neutral, Kiwi, <laughs> but we were sitting amongst Carlton supporters, and um, apparently I shouldn't have heckled them. 
No, sledging them, not a good idea, apparently. Anyway. <laughs> the, the Carlton supporters. But yeah, the Carlton supporters. The, it was, uh, the, the funny thing was with this group of people, you don't need, um, you don't need commentary at all because you've got a running commentary. <laughs> but one of them was saying, oh, just wait, just wait. All the frees are going to come in the fourth quarter. Told you, told you. Uh... Um, but anyway, it was all that aside, all jokes aside, it was very exciting to watch. I couldn't believe um, the the comeback from Frio. It was it was astounding to watch. It was a fantastic match. I loved it. I reckon they probably all need to get tattoos if they win the premiership, not of the year or whatever, but of the number three because they'd only kick three goals in three quarters and then they kick three goals in three minutes. So that's that's their How moment that there and there. Are you talking about Freo Nat? Yep. Now the those that final those final three goals they kicked were actually three in a minute. It was about a minute and ten seconds. They just pulled oh, the trigger well, and went bang, bang, bang. And two of them was Sabrina Duffy, whose second goal was from fifty metres 50 meter snap over her shoulder. It was just a brilliant patch. Yeah, it was. Um, now, last week you didn't, when I mentioned Jordan Ivy and the song Poison Ivy, none of you knew that. But can I ask with Laura Pugh there at Frio, do you all do gun fingers and go pew, 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 pew? <laughs> or is that just me? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. we do, Nat. Come on, girls. You got to get on pew, 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 pew. Tell you what, if she songs, if she doesn't do the gun fingers, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, now in news, just a hand um, and big surprise to everyone. Not West Coast Eagles have beaten uh, Geelong today over in in um, Western Australia. Um, does anyone have anything to say about that? Thirty nine point win. I just want to say that Geelong have scored their regulation two goals for the game. They're on their average. Wow, wow. that's right. yeah, that's disappointing for Geelong. I mean, fantastic for West Coast, and that's a huge margin to win by. Um, but I really don't see Geelong getting a win for their last two rounds, and um, that'd be really sad for them to go out of the season without a win. Mm. They've got Gold Coast in the last game. That's they're obviously going to be their biggest chance, I think. So um, yeah. good luck to I just them. Think, I think Gold Coast just manufactures some better goal-scoring opportunities than what Geelong are at the moment. So they might be winless. Having, having said that, they've lost um, Stanton and Perkins, so they've lost some really handy players up at Gold Coast. So it will be an interesting match. Yeah, I don't um, know if it's at, at Geelong, so hopefully it will be for them. Um, there's no Rising Stars being announced at the moment, and luckily because Amara Cameron for West Coast kicked three goals in the second quarter to really set the win up in the game from that point, got the ball rolling. So she's going to be a big chance to have yeah. a name called out tomorrow, right. whenever it's going to be. Um, I feel sad. Or for Serena Gibbs. Gibbs from uh, Carlton. She had a pretty solid game. She's kicked uh, four goals in three games now in her first season. Her. Yeah, the mm. young ones are coming along. And the old ones like Megan McDonald are carrying teams on, on her back. She's held her own as captain <laughs> and in that side. She's constantly trying to clear the ball out. Um, but I'm feeling a bit sad for poor old Rocky Cranston. It's uh, this season of hers, fifth season, and you know which the worst Rocky film was, Rocky Five. She's not having a good one. So let's hope Rocky Six is a better better innings for poor old uh, Rochelle we need We need better writers, I think. Sack the director. <laughs> I saw the Start Rocky again. people. 
don't, don't the sequels get worse the higher up number the Let, number you let's go? Hope right. yeah. Yeah. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Um and look, we, we need to move on, but let's just mention that, that um magpies have been knocked off their perch by the lions. And yeah, Nat's um, been a bit quiet on that. Perhaps you'd like to speak to that one, Nat. It's hard to talk through my tears and tissues, that's all. Um, it was Very quickly, we, we, we need to move on. It was on. disappointing, disappointing, but everyone's had a loss this year, so we're, we're just average now with like everyone else. You're average, that's what did, you are, you average. Did you think they had a little bit of um, shanxiety in the early part of the game? A little bit of what, sorry, anxiety? <laughs> no, no, shanxiety. 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 Goals, they kicked the points. Oh, it was ordinary. Shanks- it took us a while. It's Shanks a very much for Kiwi-ism. explaining that. <laughs> Shanks- <laughs> Thanks for the memories. All right. So how does that make the ladder look? And what are the implications for the finals? M. Uh, how does that make the ladder look? So the ladder is free, Fremantle sit atop the ladder with Brisbane just behind them and Collingwood third. So, look, it's fair likelihood that three of them will stay where they are or at least sort of share those top three spots. No guarantees. Adelaide are fourth and who knows what they will do. And that's uh, the six is rounded out by North and Melbourne. So you've got the Bulldogs pressing, Carlton are gone, Giants are gone, I'd say, um, probably between Melbourne and the Bulldogs for that sixth spot. Um, it's going to be, I don't know that we've actually talked about the way that the finals structure works, but, you know, since we're only two weeks away uh, for our listeners, so it's one through six, the first two get a week off and go straight through to a preliminary final. Three plays six and four plays five with a winner of each then meeting respective teams in that preliminary final. Obviously, the winners of the prelims go through to the grand final. So, yeah, look, yep. it's going to be fascinating. So Any what's exciting is it's it. open to all six teams. Yeah, so mm. that's great. All right, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> what's hot in the huddle? Kiwi, what's going on at Newtown? Newtown breakaways. Yes, uh, as you mentioned a few weeks ago about this um, AFL-X, Newtown breakaways, um, one of the um, – not quite foundation, but the only original all-woman club in Sydney are hosting this tournament. And so Newtown Breakaways are hosting their AFL X Carnival. It is on again this Sunday. There are eight clubs involved, 12 teams. Kicks off at Marnie Oval from 9.30 with Welcome to Country with Auntie Norma Ingram. And played... Throughout the day, so you get down for a barbecue or a bevy. Young Henrys are sponsoring it. And the finals are on at 4.30 p.m. and presented by the Mayor, Darcy Byrne. So get along and support all the local women in Sydney having a hit out before their season starts. Uh, should be a good day out. I think from last year there was a bit of sunshine, a little bit of rain, and then the sun came back. So it's uh, Sydney weather all round. So get along and support the local <laughs> Sounds kids. Sounds like a good day. All right. Thanks, Kiwi. Now the tipping comp. Nat. They're women, actually, sorry. Nat, I yep, have a warning. I have a warning from top. you. Mary Ann, oh. Mary Ann from Melbourne, she's coming after you. She's coming <laughs> Mary for Ann you. from Gilligan's Island, get back there. Get away. <laughs> she's hanging only one game off my tail. So, Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island, go get shipwrecked again because I'm going to hang on tight. <laughs> you're going to need the life, lifeboat. That's what I say. <laughs> Emma, you're just another one behind us. Um, there has something tricky has gone on with the tipping competition. The bottom 15 have lost all their points and their votes. So uh, Rigged. It's rigged. Oh. It's rigged. Everyone's rigged. Have you made a cull? Next. No, not me. It wasn't me. Now, v, can I just give a little <laughs> shout out to a film called The Lucas Girls? Has anyone heard of that? It's no. called The Lucas Girls, A Match to Remember and the State Library of Victoria are doing a live screening of it tomorrow at 1pm wow. and it's to record, it's recording of the first game of women's football um, back in 1918 
and um, it was played in Ballarat between the women from the Lucas factory from Ballarat and the Khaki clothing factory in Melbourne. Uh, there were over 7,000 spectators and the documentary travels from that game 100 years later to the first women's AFL match. And it's on tomorrow wow. if you wow. go to the State Library of Victoria. So what, you and, have to, um, you have to go on to, sorry, I'll let you tell us how we can watch it. Yeah, I'm just go, very excited now. Go on to the State Library Victoria's webpage and there will be a, a viewing now live button and you can register and you can watch it for free. It goes for about 45 minutes. Rana Hussain is actually hosting it um, and the people who put it together, Belinda Ensor, Joel Checkley will be there and there's a couple of other people on the panel. So, and the other thing you need to look out for, the captain of the Kharki team, was named Morgan. So there you go. I think it's going to be a fantastic thing. Enjoy hey, it, Nat, everyone. Do you, oh, remember, so excited about do you remember the score or how tense it was at the field that uh, day? Yeah, it was a big day. I was excited to play. <laughs> I left one of my boots at home. Piss off, Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> Those listeners who don't know, we used to call her Nan and Nat in the field, but for good reason. Well, can I just say, who's still playing? I'm still running around and playing, girl. True, you are. You are a true legend. I love how you didn't skip a beat, Nat. It wasn't like you weren't expecting (laughs) the insult to come. Used to it, you know. She never did that on the field either. What run? Tough to mark. No, never missed a beat. You're very. I was telling some of my young girls how hard you were to play against. Is like players like Nat Morgan. You've got to be on your toes. They won't just run at anything. They'll run at just the right time. That's right. called lazy and old. <laughs> Save your energy. Picking your moment. All right, well, we've got time is, for mate. final thoughts. Um, Kiwi, do you have any final thoughts? No, two rounds to go um, with all 14 teams in. So get out wherever you can. It's um, There's no game in New South Wales, ACT. I think there's a game in Queensland. It's probably a game in WA. There's a bunch of games in Victoria. Crows will be home. So get out in all those states while you can. Yep. And so if you are following the Giants, they're travelling back to Victoria, to Geelong, to GMHBA Stadium, Saturday the 20th of March, 1.10pm. I know Kiwi will be there, won't you? I know Georgina's yes, going to be there. I am hoping to be there. And I, I just want to give a shout-out to um, Steph Forster from Geelong Cats. <gasps> I know Steph she's Foster. in Sydney now, but that is her stadium. I saw her and, on Saturday um, night. Oh, oh great. <laughs> so um, she will probably watch the match live and relive all the moments she's had on that field. Special, special moments with that left boot on that field. <laughs> Steph Foster, Geelong Cats. Beautiful. All right. <laughs> That's it then. She you... she knows what uh, Shanksiety is. Shanksiety. Oh, God. You'll ha- I'll get you to tell that story next time, Kiwi. We don't have time right now. But this is the Codanger Football Radio Show. Catch us every Monday, 7pm on 2SER 107.3 and on our pod with extra content in the fifth quarter where you get your podcasts. Follow us on socials, Twitter, Insta and Facebook. And for the best hub of views in women's footy, tune, tune in to, to the, the Codanger. Code